What's happening, weirdos? Sorry for the quiet. This is a quiet intro, the quietest intro I've ever done. Uh, but this is you're you're at the right show. I I just have to talk quietly because I forgot to record the intro, and it's one uh, twenty in the morning, and I'm in a hotel room that has an adjoining wall and very thin walls, and I don't want to wake the neighbors with my very loud regular voice but this is the show val is here very happy you guys are here uh not much to plug i'm here in montreal wonderful to see some weirdos out here um largo august 5th it's going to be an incredible show hope to see you there some already great guests have been booked it's going to be awesome but regardless of when you hear this every month i do a stand-up show at largo in los angeles go to largo-la.com uh all right if you like the show try a pete's pick these ads were recorded at another time so it's going to be jarring it's going to be regular energy pete so brace yourself for more energy and more volume in three, two, one. Um, this podcast is brought to us by our friends at Ned. Ned is the are the makers of some of the best CBD and CBG products, as well as magnesium and sleep aids that I swear by and are, are part of my daily ritual. Not just my routine. Routines are boring and mundane, but rituals. These are moments to check in with my body, slow my breath, do an affirmation and focus on the person I want to be. And Ned is a huge part of that. I take their de-stress blend often at the beginning of the day because that's when I'm feeling stressed about all the things I have to do. Helps me ease into what I'm about to take on, get into that flow state. And I also, it's multifunctional, take it at the end of the day as a nice way to calm down. It's one of the most important parts I really notice uh, when I don't take it, because the feeling and the effect is definitely palpable. It has the power to shape your entire day. When I take it, I feel amazing and productive, and I really notice that it helps me get into that flow state. At night, I take two Ned products. I'm really, we're like a Ned family. They're Mellow Magnesium. 75% of American adults are deficient in magnesium, which is a mineral essential to hundreds of functions in the body, and it really helps me rest. And their Sleep Blend, which is filled with CBN and botanicals that promote deep and healthy sleep in a science-baked uh, baked, science-backed, and nature-based way. So much better than a chemical or a pharmaceutical to get me into that deep sleep and wake up feeling refreshed. Ned CBD is cold extracted from the world's purest USDA certified organic hemp in the foothills of the Rocky Mountains. So whatever your need, less stress, better sleep, less inflammation, less pain, Ned has a science-backed, nature-based product for you, and you can show your support of this podcast. So become the best version of yourself and get 15% off Ned products with code WEIRD. Go to helloned.com slash weird or enter code weird at checkout. That's H-E-L-L-O-N-E-D dot com slash weird to get 15% off. And thank you, Ned, for sponsoring our show and offering our listeners a natural remedy for some of life's most common health issues. Secondly, we're also brought to us by this little son of a bitch. What is this? 
Magic Mind, for those of you watching it, I'm holding it up. This little, I always think of uh, The Witcher. He has those little elixirs that he drinks that turns him into a superhero. This is basically the little elixir that I drink that turns me into a superhero. This is not an energy drink. This is the world's first productivity drink. It has matcha. It has adaptogens. I take it in the morning with my caffeine. So if I'm having a cup of coffee or a cup of tea, I take it with this and the adaptogens in this ease it out, round out the edges of that sharp caffeine attack and makes it a more steady uh, and productive feel. It's a mix of 12 functional ingredients, matcha, nootropics, which of course help us help our brain function, uh, and adaptogens that help you fight off stress. It was created to be taken daily for a sharper mind, steady energy, immune support, and less stress. I can swear by this. You get 30% more done on average, five to seven hours of 30% more productivity after drinking. You just get in a dialed-in flow state. You are not wired. Uh, you're dialed in. Uh, athletes have Gatorade. Now we have Creatorade. That's my favorite part of the ad. It's my best friend. Try it 15 to 30 minutes before doing a creative project or sitting down to work. You will fall in love, I promise. It fights off procrastination, brain fog, fatigue, and some ADD symptoms and gets you into a flow state. And with a money-back guarantee, any first purchase will be refunded. No questions asked if it doesn't meet your expectations. And we have a wonderful offer, a special offer for weirdos from the guys at Magic Mind. All you have to do is go to www.magicmind.co slash weird and use discount code at checkout weird for a limited 20% off your first offer. No bullshit, guys. I swear, swear, swear by Magic Mind. It is the wonderful secret weapon I use when I'm writing, when I'm podcasting, when I'm doing stand-up, or when I just need to pick me up and a way to focus and dial in. I'm not just saying that. I tried it first, and then we reached out and made a partnership. So I absolutely swear by it. Go to magicmind.co slash weird and use discount code weird at checkout for 20% off your first order. Thank you to Magic Mind. All right, that was a lot. That was a lot for all of us. But we're back. This is We Made It Weird number, I believe it's number 97, the year I graduated high school. And it was a great chat. We did it over Zoom, and it was just exactly what I needed. I was just laughing with Val. I was like, I'm so out of sight, out of mind. Sometimes I'm just like doing what I'm doing. I'm doing my shows. and But I'm like, but I'm angry. And I'm like, yeah, it's because you miss your family. <laughs> and then we did the Zoom and, and Val did what she did and she was so brilliant and, and healing and wonderful. A lot of good advice, a lot of good stories, good laughs. So oh, weird noise I didn't recognize. Hotel life. Um, so it's a great episode. So let's get into it. Okay. And I hit record on QuickTime. <laughs> that was so that's how the episode starts that was so cute I just I've never zoomed this is surreal first of all your name is Petey Pants because it's it's my it's like the account. computer I use the most and it's my account mm -hmm. and I'm looking at what a dump I zoom from a dump I have I like mean. like big fancy show business meetings and I'm looking at my backdrop, <laughs> which I've seen in micro, 
you know, <laughs> like a little one. Mm-hmm. But now I'm seeing a full screen one and it looks like absolute <laughs> shit. And right now, because it does the thing where it moves with you, as you yes. were talking about it, did you notice it was like revealing? It was showing us more. more. I, yes. I mean, the listeners of this podcast will remember that I, I have, I have been saying that. <laughs> well, the good news is, is we're we're redoing it. Nobody cares about home renovations, but the sauna is gone. Yep. So we're gonna move the couch to where the sauna was. We're gonna paint the walls. We put in an air conditioner, so it won't be like I've just been. There's certain aspects of uh, of the show that I've been doing like a Birkenstock wearing cheese making hippie that are just like, <laughs> why didn't I put any effort into it? And as I look at this background, but this is actually one of the first things I wanted to tell you. So I, I'm in Montreal mm-hmm. and Valerie is in Los Angeles. And one of the first things I couldn't wait to tell you, other than I, I absolutely miss you and it's pretty painful <laughs> to, to see you. <laughs> it's like... My whole life is like, my real life is like flooding back. Mm. And I've just been in like pure assassin mode. Like just, all, yeah. it's just a bunch, it's a it's a bunch of assassins with sniper rifles and silver briefcases handcuffed to their well-tailored suit wrist hand, you know, walking yeah. around, talking, telling stories about their hits and all that stuff and making contracts. But mm. when I saw you, it was like, waking up from a dream or something Mm. like I remembered that it's going to be weird to say not to say that this isn't a life but I was like oh my god I have I have a life and I just it was almost too much it was like a that like type of love that also feels like a wound where you're like Mm. oh god oh and I'm here till Sunday oh no (laughs) like it's, it's like that's God, and lot. then there's so, like most other comedians that are like, I love being on the road. I don't yeah. have to be at home. And, you know, I, they love their wives too, allegedly. <laughs> oh, my God. But I just found the one, I just found the one stand-up who just has a great, um, well, great balance. <laughs> I like the direction that this is going very much. Um, but... What was I going to Oh, the thing that makes it made me think of you was you can tell. Look, I don't know if it's because of like a non neurotypicality or something, mm-hmm. but you can tell all comedians are like me in that we're all staying in the same hotel for the Montreal Just for Laughs Fest. So it's just a hotel filled with comedians. Mm-hmm. And there's this restaurant that I've gone to every year. I, I think this is my ninth time doing Montreal. And it's called Expectations. Mm-hmm. You go there almost just for the jokes. <laughs> you just, mm-hmm. yeah. just you can be like, you want to lower your expectations. That, that, that sort of thing. <laughs> and Valerie, when I say every comedian seems to go there for every meal because it's the closest restaurant, mm. it seems like every comedian goes there for every meal. It's, wow. it's just like it shows that hyper practical like we're not here to like mm. stroll around and look for that quaint little uh, bistro. Mm-hmm. These are we're robots, we're assassins, we're ninjas, whatever, we're pirates, whatever you want. We yeah. just want to do our shows and all and food. I, I'm saying for me, it's in an Aspie way. You're just like, look, 
An omelet sounds like good pre-show food. I'm gonna I'm gonna raise my expectations, <laughs> eat that, and then get to the show. Anyway, so I, I I definitely thought of you in the times that you've toured with me, and I always just want to go to the same restaurant. And I'm like, here's just the freakazoid convention. <laughs> <laughs> We're like a bunch of Vulcans and we all greet each other. No one mentions at all, I can't believe we're at expectations again. There's just a shared appreciation of, of course, we're at expectations. We're all just thinking about our shows. We're all just thinking about mm. our set lists and, and we're just going to eat some eggs because who fucking cares? So there is sort of like a cozy solidarity. Mm. I think the closest thing maybe would be like, maybe like a chess camp or something and we're all a mm. bunch of chess players and all we care about is chess and we're like oatmeal is optimal before I before a match and that that's yeah. what we're all doing yeah <laughs> that does sound kind of nice though to be I mean look what you what comedians do is insanely unnatural <laughs> and Dude. takes so much energy and bravery and vulnerability and all of those things it's like yeah, it's unrealistic to also expect, expect that you, <laughs> that you, are the you queen. would be like, and let's go tour old Montreal today. Well, I'll tell you. Okay, so two things. I don't want to forget Borderline, and I'm going to tell you this other thing. So yet, yesterday, no, day before yesterday, me and the Sklar brothers, they were like, uh, they sort of said in unison, as they do, they're so delightful. I know. They were like, Montreal is known for these bagels and we're going to go for a walk for these bagels. And I think round trip, the, the walk was probably like three miles and three miles in the sun. And I got back and I had like 30 minutes before my show. And I was like, what am I doing? I, I need to get in road. I loved it. Don't get me yeah. wrong. It's going to be a highlight of the trip. I have pictures from going mm -hmm. to get bagels with the Sklar brothers. Mm -hmm. But just to your point, and not to make this all about all about comedy theory, but road or road theory, but there is something about like, no, it's actually kind of good to like rest, mm. recover. This is going to sound silly maybe, but like visualize, think about your intentions for the show. Sure. All that stuff is super important. I wrote out like Montreal goals. Cause sometimes I get depressed at this festival. Cause there's so many of us, it's hard to feel special. Mm -hmm. So this year I wrote out like, you are about the fest. The fest is not about you. Like mm -hmm. I'm, I'm a co-creator of the festival, but it's not here to, it's, it's all, that's a Richard Rohr quote is like, you are about life. Life is not about you. Like we yeah. create life, the thing called life. And, but it's not about us. And he also made that point. I know I've made it many times where it's like, be the, be the person that says hello. Don't be the person waiting for people mm -hmm. to say hello to you. I, I'm going around really trying to make other people feel special as best I can. And this is, this is going to sound so obvious, but like, then the strangest thing happens, the more outward I am, this has been like the friendliest fest. People are being so sweet. So many of the new faces that I'm hosting the shows are being like, un. when I say uncharacteristically, I mean, compared to other years, they're being a lot more outgoing and more warm. And I think mm -hmm. it's just because I literally went into my fuse box and adjusted my circuitry. And I was just like, we're going to give. Like, I don't even care if I kill. I want them to kill, all that sort of stuff. I know this sounds self-serving, but it, it, and then 
So you just want to give and you want to give and you end up getting more. Isn't that a cliche? Oh, but it's what's yeah. happening. Absolutely. I love that. Um, there was just one thing I wanted to say going back to the road mode is I heard Jim Gaffigan say on a podcast that he doesn't really explore or do anything. He said, when I'm on the road, I'm specifically focused on stand-up. So that's when he like yeah. writes and tweaks and when he's not performing it, he's still actively working on his set, which just, yeah. I mean, that's a, that's somebody who's been doing it successfully for a really long time. So I thought that was helpful to normalize that. I love that. Thank you for that. I actually know that because oh, right. uh, of course I haven't, you do. no, 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 but you don't know this story. And it's so fun to f find a story that I haven't told you. Mm. But when I was opening for Jim Gaffigan in like 2000 and wow, four mm. at the Cleveland improv. And I was staying in the condo with another guy named Rick Tempesta. He was the middle. He was, he was, a, he was a nice guy. And I made a plan with Jim and Jeannie, his wife, mm -hmm. to go to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, which is in Cleveland. So let's say it was like the Sunday show or something. And we're like, look, we're almost done. Let's let's go to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Or maybe worse, it might have been the Monday off and like Tuesday was New Year's Eve. Mm -hmm. So it might have been just like an absolute nothing day. Mm -hmm. And I, I'm pretty sure I, I must have had a cell phone. Of course I had a cell phone. But I, it still had the flavor and the feel of sitting by the phone. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, real 1990, like you don't even want someone to pick up the receiver because maybe they were calling when you picked up the receiver. <laughs> but you also want to pick up the receiver to make sure the phone's working. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. And then you worry. Like, I mean, the 90s were a primo time to be an anxious person. Oh. There was just a lot to worry about. Yeah, absolutely. Although that is kind of, there's something kind of cozy. Like, was the, is that more anxiety provoking or is it the like anybody can reach you at any time feeling? I fully agree that we have more anxiety, but there was more, I don't know. Obsessing. There was more like, yeah, obsessing and like tactile. Like it, the phone was an object I don't know what I mean by that. Like the, the like the the digital network of smartphones seems so confusing that we're like anxious in this vague way. But like just like a hard, heavy landline phone, <laughs> you're like, I'm anxious about this. Felt very '90s and kind of <laughs> snowed in, cozy to me. Yeah, and but it's anyway, more like I was definite. Like I can feel my rejection in my hand yes. and up to my ear yeah it's not an item that can also order a drone or dinner it's right. just a phone and it's just in this area and it's just but not I... ringing <laughs> valerie ann I, I miss you i told that joke you wrote about stars and it it destroyed oh, and, I, and really? people after the show were like you have to tell val her joke killed and oh. i'm like i will thank you canada Oh yeah, you're you're huge in Canada. <laughs> also, after the show, a number of people stopped me. Val, this is I don't know why this is the most Canadian thing in the world. I'm walking out of the theater. It was a great show. I'm expecting maybe one or two people are going to be like, "Hey, great show," and three or four people were like, "How tall are you, <laughs> like, <laughs> Valerie?" <laughs> one person on the way out of a theater saying how tall are you okay yeah two 
you're like, what is that? Was that like, was it like a circus freak show sort of thing? Was that the entertainment I brought? Like, look at the the long boy. And then a third person stopped me. And I was like, if this person, and she said, how tall are you? And I was like, wow, that was the show. They're not hearing a word you're saying. They're just saying, God, you'd think his voice would be deeper. Oh, you've only been sharpening. You're already razor sharp wit while I've been gone. And I don't know if I can handle it. <laughs> I, I also had a great moment. Dormant. Well, yeah, you've you've been in mom baby mode. Yeah. But I, I went to expectations, of course. I didn't have to say that. I could have just said we went to eat. And (laughs) with Lara Bites, who's here, who's amazing, who killed, absolutely killed at her new faces. And we were sitting at breakfast and a a very sweet man came up to me and he said, excuse me, you look so familiar. And again, I was sort of like, okay, here we go. A little Canada fame. And he goes, are you from Ohio? I just said, no, I'm not from Ohio and I'm six foot six. You know, I mean, like these, this is what the Canadian people get from me is I I look like I'm from Ohio and I'm very tall. You should have said, yeah, I think some of my TV shows syndicate there. (laughs) Oh my, you are my champion. I'm glad Laura got to witness that. Oh, she's been telling, she told me, I've I've been telling everybody. I can't do her voice. That's not even how she talks. But uh, she she says it's been killing. She's been telling everybody. Mm-hmm. So anyway, to finish that story, I was waiting all all day. And I think at like 10 o'clock, it might have even been, I, 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 I'm I 99% sure my cell phone wasn't working or something. So he said, I'll call the condo. Mm. And it was like 10 o'clock and he called and was just like, oh, I'm sorry, like the day just got away from us. We slept late. Totally in bounds. This is not a what an asshole story. Yeah. But that is how I know firsthand. And probably where I learned, like when you're on the road, just think about your act. I thought I would get this writing done on movie stuff, TV stuff. And I was like, nope, all I can think about are bits. It's mm. all I, it's all that's coming through. That's so. great. Well, I can think of definitely times that we did that to Chris Thayer and Brent Sullivan and even Laura. Oh, yeah. Where we were like, yeah, maybe tomorrow we'll go whatever. And then we just sleep until noon and we're like, ah, I don't know. Sorry. <laughs> we're just going to hang Well, here. honestly, well, you were supposed to come on this trip. Yeah. And it, it's been, it's been fine. I'm not like Willie Loman in a little busted out car selling whatever Willie Loman sold. It's not like sad. It's fun. But it, you're, you're, your absence is definitely uh, felt because when when we do lounge around and watch infomercials and eat room service and all that sort of stuff, it, it really is oh. the best of both. And I can't even sleep, Val. I'm so oh, wired man. in parent mode. I get up at 6.30 in the morning. like oh. So that's 9.30 this time. It's fine, but I'm just like, we think all we need is some time away to become non-parents. It's like, yeah, no, you can't. It's you can't it's in your it bones off. now. Yeah, it's a yeah, part of who you are. No it's changed you forever. Yeah, I've had yeah. many moms, even with like adult children, confirm for me that I will never sleep the way that I did before I had a kid, even when yep. 
Leela's out of the house. Like there's, it just changes you fundamentally. Yeah, I, I was going to talk that's about a thing. Um, Please do. About that just because it's, it is like a weird thing where, you know, I was supposed to go with you. We've been planning it for a long time. I was so Your excited. Your mom is there. My mom is here to watch Leela. She, she flew out to help us with the move, but also she flew out mostly. We flew her out mostly to watch Leela so we could have this trip together. Um, and even like made it a little bit longer. And it was just going to be, you know, this time to get to go to shows and sleep in and I guess eat a lot of omelets and <laughs> <laughs> you would be subjected. You better expect some omelets, Val. Yeah. You would have been eating the same veggie omelet. But I, um, but I got what now I think was just like a stomach, a 24 hour stomach thing or something that I mm. ate the day before. And you know, when you're like throwing up and feel like you're going to pass out and you can't leave bed and the next day you're supposed to fly out of the country, it's just like, I can't, I can't, I can't get on an airplane right now. I don't know how long this is going to be. I don't know what this is. And also like the new strain of COVID, I'm hearing more people saying that like nausea and stomach stuff is, is part of that. So I, I took a COVID test and it's not that, but, um, but yeah, I just was like, I can't, I think I have to back out, and it's been. Can I can real... I interject? By the way, yeah. How annoyed would COVID be if it knew that the variants, no matter how it mutates, the test we already came up with will detect it? Like it would be pissed. <laughs> yeah. It's splitting and dividing and sidestepping and and changing its fundamental structure. And it's like, now they can still find you with the test that came out a year ago or two years ago. (laughs) And how I know it's more complicated, but it is like, so that is, there must be a through line for testing. Can we just get that through line for vaccines? (laughs) You know what I mean? Oh my geez. I mean, we're not scientists. I don't even think we have to say that, but I think we're onto something. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I just cracked something open for an epidemio- epidemiologist who's listening. We can't even say it. Yeah, sure. Undoubtedly. Um, scientists love this podcast. <laughs> just oh a bunch of bobos God. talking about the nature of the universe. <laughs> oh, my God. It's funny. Jimmy Carr is going to do the podcast out here. Sorry. I, I want to get back to what you're saying. Oh, no. But he's an atheist. and But I, he's doing the podcast. And he was like, what do you talk about? I was like, we talk about, you know, the meaning of life. Even if you're an atheist, you know, some sort of framework. And he only said one thing. I can't wait to talk to him. And he was like, yeah, you know, like people say they believe in nature or they believe in science. And he's like, but what is science studying? You know, like, what are they, what is it looking at? And wow. I was like, what do you mean? Yeah. That's like a thought straight out of my brain. I'm really excited to talk to him. But oh, yes. So exciting. scientists are not that different from, <laughs> again, from you and I, yeah. as we've discussed, we're already scientists. I just mean we're all in the same, same team, same team, same team. Same team. Yeah. Um, I love that. I can't wait to to hear him I'm sure he's brilliant um but yeah yeah, so I'm I was meant to go and just like unexpectedly you know had to back out and then the next day I felt 
I like my stomach felt unsettled, but I felt a lot better. Um, and then since then, I've just felt pretty much normal. <laughs> and I'm like, man, I could have gone. It would have just been, it wouldn't have even been that big of a deal. I would have maybe felt slightly yeah. nauseous the first day, travel day. Um, and so it's just been a real practice of being like, it, yeah, but I didn't. So like, am I going to just torture myself by being like Joseph Goldstein, okay. who's a mindfulness teacher, talks all about the like the plague of if only thinking of like, if only I, you know, went, then what? I would have been, uh, you know, whatever percentage happier or more rested or whatever. And it's, and even that I can't know, you know, um, mm -hmm. but it's, yeah, I just, you know, you, you know, I have a lot of FOMO. Um, and especially once you have a kid, it's like these opportunities don't come around all the time. And so it's it's become like a spiritual practice to deal with my FOMO to be like, this is this is just a story that I'm telling myself. I there yes. is no other reality where I went and I'm having so much more fun and I'm going, God, I'm so glad that I came here. It's like that's a virtual reality. Oh my God, Valerie, you this know? actually, the reason I said, okay, is because this applies exactly to what I was dealing with. Because Laura, again, we, had, we went to expectations. <laughs> oh my God. But last night, late show, it was a lot of the same audience came to both the 7.30 show, which is like an almost two hour show. Yeah, at 90 minute show. And then they came back to the 9.30 show. Wow. And so like, they're kind of tired. Mm. And, you know, that sort of sucks. Uh, I, I'm certainly not complaining. I'm just sort of naming it. it. It's not great when you do the early show and you're kind of like, well, it was the early show. You know, they didn't really like some of the dirtier stuff or whatever it might be. But it was the early show. Don't worry, late show. They'll, they'll have had a few more drinks. They'll be a little bit more loosened up. It'll be better. And then you realize it's actually the same audience <laughs> coming again. <laughs> so they're actually just more worn out. It's the same 7.30 show, but they're more worn out. And I go out and, again, I, I always have to say this disclaimer because I'm realizing the deeper I look at my psyche, I'm like, oh, my biggest fear is that I'm angry like I somehow uh, sometimes perceived my father to be. He certainly mm -hmm. was more in touch with his anger <laughs> than I am. That could be true. <laughs> so... <laughs> My one of my fears is like deep down, we've talked about this deep down. I'm the same way. Mm -hmm. I'm also, oh man, this Zoom ends in 10 minutes and I have to call you back. Oh, wait. Did you, do you not have premium? I've never, I've never hosted a meeting. I've always oh, just, oh, yeah, yeah, you I've have to just used upgrade to be able to host. I can host so I can send you a Zoom link and then it can go as Okay. Long. Okay. Um, um, but let's just run out the clock, or what do you think? And then that'll uh, be a good moment for our mid-rolls. There you go. Yeah, we'll go to the mid-rolls. But, but uh, what was I saying? Um, oh, oh, it goes to what you were saying about your FOMO. So I, I, I didn't, like, hard turn on the crowd, but I just sort of was being rough with them. Like, 
I'd do a line. One of my, one of the things I like to say is I go, that's a hot line. Like, where were you? Like, I've told that joke before. That's a hot line. Mm. And they're just not giving it up a lot. They were being good, but they weren't giving it up. And so, you know, I, I was rough. And then that always feels good in the moment. And then the next morning, I'm always like, mm. I, I joked with a friend. I was like, there's a voice that goes, you were naughty, Peter. You were a... <laughs> You are a naughty boy. It's Jimmy and everybody, Carr's voice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I have a Starbucks in my house and you were a naughty boy. <laughs> and so I was feeling that anxiety. It's, it's actually part of why I couldn't sleep. And it wasn't that that's that awful or that's that worthy of my anxiety. It's just what it happened to latch on to. Mm-hmm. I've been noticing sometimes anxiety is like flipping through channels on the TV and you're like looking for something that will hold your attention, exactly like flipping through Instagram or, or f- through the TV. And that, for some reason, held it. So I got up, I texted Laura, I'm like, you want to go to breakfast? We go to breakfast. And she was talking about, she was like, I, she won't mind me sharing. She's like, I had a conversation with little Lara, meaning child Lara. Mm. And she was like, and I just told her, Lara, you don't always have to be perfect. Aww. And I was like, oh my God. Yeah. Like, like being able to talk to one another, being able to talk to you now, talking mm. to Laura at breakfast, it drained my dread and my mm. anxiety just instantly. Mm. She was like, can you imagine saying to Leela, this is what she said. She said, could you imagine saying to Leela, you always have to be perfect. You, you can never cross a line with an audience, go too far. You can never experiment. Mm-hmm. And I was even saying, my favorite people are flawed and bloody and yes. strange and shitting their pants <laughs> and having anxiety and panic and dread mm-hmm. and all of that vulnerability, just open mm-hmm. wounds of people. And I'm like, I give them standing ovations because they heal me. Mm-hmm. And yet when I do it, you're a naughty boy, Peter. So I I didn't mean to just change the subject. You're saying like, I should have known that it was a 24 hour bug. Like I should be perfect. Yeah. I shouldn't have missed it. Basically like to me, it's like, I'm a fool. Mm -hmm. Like I'm a fool. I blew it. I'm missing out. It's my fault. Can you, I'm I'm just doing the same thing she did for me for you. It's like, can you imagine saying to Leela, like, you can never be wrong about an illness. (laughs) Crazy. Crazy. Right. Yeah. And even extending it to reality. So like reality also always has to be perfect or exactly what you think it should have been. That's it. You know, and it's, it's just a, it's, it's an unhelpful story. Like the, Mm. if only I had kept my cool or whatever you think you should have done on stage, then I would be, then what, you know, it's like that we just have the reality that we have here. So it's like what you always say too. It's like forgiving reality. And you know what? The truth is like, I'm having such a good time with my mom and when we our relationship is really at its best when it's like her just her me and Leela like there's a mode that we get into 
she is so she she thinks of she takes care of Leela the same exact way that I take care of Leela. So mm. she thinks of the things right before I think of it or right after I thought of it. And we talk and plan out the day in a really similar way. And mm. it's it's just so comforting. And she has been taking care of me. I mean, she made she's making like almost all of my meals. <laughs> and I've been wow. able to just like rest and feel nurtured and cared for in this this kind of child self way. And I wouldn't That's have had great. any of that. So there's it also kind of goes back to the um like who am I to say what I actually need? That's fucking A right. And I was thinking that too, because I, I re-listened to It's on True Self False Self, which I sent to Joe DeRosa. And believe it, believe it or not, <laughs> he's loving <coughs> excuse me, he's loving Richard Rohr. Yeah. And that's the one where Richard says the first forgiveness isn't from God to you for some naughty thing you did. It's actually from us to reality for being so broken, for being so confusing, nonsensical, Mm -hmm. random, chaotic, all of this stuff that we don't understand. Mm -hmm. That is true for people of faith or spiritual people as well. There's shit where you're just like, I don't fucking get it, guys. And that, that, that spaciousness or that softness towards it or the humility to say, I don't understand it, but I can still trust it or, mm-hmm. or trust that there's something going on that I don't understand, but deep down is okay and is good. When to add what we're talking about, I still forget that I'm a part of reality. Like I can yeah. forgive reality, but I have such a hard time remembering that Pete, Pete is a, is a response if he's if he's anything, he's a response to reality. Right. He's embedded in and defined by reality. Yet I still fall into the old pattern of going, no, I'm in this spaceship mm-hmm. and I'm looking out at outer space and that's reality and I'm passing through it. Yeah. But Pete, uh, Valerie making, you could say, quote unquote, the wrong choice about the trip. Obviously, mm-hmm. that's not true. Or Pete, yeah. again, if Joe DeRosa did what I did, I would have lost my shit and, and been like, that was my favorite part. Like, what yeah. am I even talking about? But like when it's me, I still have that subject object relationship, mm-hmm. which, by the way, is the source of all suffering is 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 separation and thinking that you're over here and it's over there and, and you're alone and you're isolated, you're not supported, you're not, you don't have dignity, you, you don't belong. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm so glad that that thing that Laura said that meant so much to me, meant so much to you. Mm-hmm. So we are, um, we are gonna have to do the, the Zoom swap over here. Mm-hmm. So we're gonna go to the mid rolls. So we'll be right back in just a minute and we'll be back with more. There's a lot more I, I have to cover with you, Val. Yeah. Pardon the interruption, weirdos. This episode is brought to us by our friends at Olipop. Hands down, my favorite new beverage for real, for real. Olipop is a new kind of soda. It tastes just like the sodas we grew up with, but unlike other sodas that are full of sugar, corn syrup, and artificial ingredients like aspartame, Olipop is made with natural ingredients that are actually good for you. 
They have delicious nostalgic flavors like vintage cola, classic root beer, which is my personal favorite this month, orange squeeze, cherry vanilla, strawberry vanilla, and classic grape. I absolutely love the root beer. It tastes just like the root beer I remember, but I haven't had regular soda like that in a long time, and this is a great way to get it back into my happy life. They use functional ingredients that combine the benefits of prebiotics, plant fiber, and botanicals to support your microbiome and benefit digestive health. I know when you hear fiber, you think how can that be? It's soluble fiber, which means it's just blended into the water. There's absolutely no noticing of the fiber, but you get all of that digestive benefit as well as prebiotics, which are wonderful for your microbiome. Your gut is like a second brain. It's wonderful to support it. 90% of Americans consume more than the USDA's daily recommended added sugar intake, which is only 30 grams. Uh, Sweetened beverages like soda, like check this out. Their vintage cola only has two grams of sugar to compare that to Coca-Cola, which has 39 grams. Every time this blows me away. That's nine grams more than you're supposed to have. The Orange Squeeze, which is also amazing from Olipop, has five grams of sugar. Compare that to Fanta, which has 44. So drink Olipop. Get delicious soda back into your life made with natural, healthy ingredients, and it tastes absolutely wonderful. It's non-GMO. It's vegan. It's paleo and keto-friendly with less than eight grams net carbs per can. They're so confident you'll love their products. They offer a hundred percent money-back guarantee for offers uh, for orders. Excuse me, placed through their website, and we worked out a special deal for weirdos. Receive twenty percent off plus free shipping for your order. I recommend the variety pack. It's a great way to try all of the delicious flavors. Go to drinkollipop.com slash weird or use code weird at checkout for this deal. That's D-R-I-N-K-O-L-I-P-O-P.com slash weird. They can also be found at over 6,000 stores across the country, including Kroger, Whole Foods, Sprouts, and Wegmans, which they don't have in LA. But if you have a Wegmans, go there because that's a hilarious name. This episode is also brought to us by our friends at Real Paper. Val and I have made the swap to Real. We love it. It's wonderful. And they have an incredible, incredible benefit to the earth. I mean, trees are pretty great, aren't they? I mean, they provide shade. They make oxygen. I don't know why we're not talking about that. They prevent erosion. They suck up carbon. They provide homes for animals. I mean, is there anything they can't do? And to turn something as awesome as a tree, and more accurately, a forest of trees into toilet paper, just feels wrong. Why are we wiping our butts with these treasures? It doesn't say that, but I'm asking. These trees spent decades growing only to get cut down and be flushed down the toilet. That's why I love real paper, R-E-E-L paper. Real makes a sustainable toilet paper that uses 100% bamboo. This isn't true, but I'm pretty sure 3,000 bamboo plants have grown since I've started this ad. That's not true, but it is a very, it's a very fast-growing and renewable source, much better than trees. The great thing about bamboo is that it is a super fast-growing grass. Some species of bamboo can grow up to three feet per day, and because it's grass, they're able to harvest the same stalk over and over without disrupting the plant or the soil. And on top of all of these ecological benefits of using bamboo, Reels paper packaging is plastic-free and compostable. And, you know, it's sort of hard to talk about what you're putting on your butt, but it's soft, it's wonderful, it's all the things you want toilet paper to be, and I love, love, love knowing that we are not contributing to all of that waste and harm to the environment. After all, come on, guys, you're, you're wiping your butt. Do it responsibly. 
<laughs> Real Paper is available in easy, hassle-free subscriptions or for one-time purchases on their website. All orders are conveniently delivered to your door with free shipping and 100% recyclable plastic-free packaging. I can attest to that. The packaging is wonderful. And if you head to realpaper.com, that's R-E-E-L-P-A-P-E-R.com slash weirdo and sign up for a subscription using weirdo at checkout, you'll automatically get 30% off your first order and free shipping. R-E-E-L-P-A-P-E-R.com slash weirdo and enter promo code weirdo to get 30% off plus free shipping. That's 30% off your first order. So let's stop flushing our forests and try Real's tree-free paper. Real is paper for the planet. Okay. okay. Ready? we're back. <laughs> that was like a 20-minute break. That was excruciating for... <laughs> Every reason that technology can be excruciating. The internet went out. The Zoom isn't premium. The connection is unstable. Like, wow. The vibe is different now. (laughs) It it was really insane how, like, the the Zoom was about to go out and there was a simple thing. And that is when Zoom decided to do something that I've never seen it do, which is we're going to just non-consensually update <laughs> like it just oh right i forgot about that yeah so yep. then it was like i i was watching this slow bar going knowing you're waiting knowing the quick time is still recording oh i i can't val I, it, it's it it's, it's not even that much stress because i'm like oh i have somewhere to but you see how your brain starts building a story you're like i have somewhere to be i'm like i have somewhere to be in an hour and 15 minutes everything is fine yeah So before I go into my second half thing that I wanted to share that I thought was pretty good, um, did you what's going on with you? I I used Mm. to I remember when we used to do this, I'd always be like, so how are you, mama? But like, uh, I haven't done that in a while. What 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 else is going on? I know you're hanging out, kind of having some FOMO. Yeah. But you're with your mom. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm having a little FOMO, but also having a really nice time with my mom like we are getting ready for the move and she's so helpful and um I mean like right now while I'm doing this with you she's cleaning out our closet upstairs and like making big donate piles and trash piles and wow and is and she already like cleaned up the porch and she's just she's so helpful really yeah, and it really yeah, she's is. got hummingbird energy, and, and that's what you want when you're moving. You know what yeah. I mean? I don't even say that as a bad thing. You want somebody that's like, kind of feels like they've had a few Nescafes. <laughs> yes, she does. But she also is is a nine, an Enneagram nine like me. In fact, her first two numbers are nine and two, and so are mine. So they're mm. really, we're really similar in this. And... um. Just a, an Enneagram nine is a pe- the peacemaker and the two is the helper. And those are the, we're kind of the people you want to have around when there's something like this to do because yeah. we, it has been like a very lovely blend of getting a lot of stuff done and her really helping me. And then also a lot of sitting on the couch and watching Will and Grace. <laughs> Perfect. Like we watched a full, the full Downton Abbey movie at like 1130 in the morning yesterday. (laughs) 
I mean, that is, if that's what you're into, either you're an alocoholic or you're a nine. <laughs> or you're an Enneagram nine, yeah. And it just is, it's feeling, it's just like we are so similar in these ways that, again, we can just find this rhythm. You know, she is, because she's so similar, there are things that I really try to work on that I see her in her too. And sometimes that can be frustrating in a parent because it's like a specific part of you that you're like, that's what I'm trying not to do. And you're doing it, you know, which is just being her kind of feeling like she has to be productive in order to like earn her keep here. Mm -hmm. I just have to like keep reassuring her like you don't have to do anything this is all bonus you know which by the way it's, it's funny i was just talking to somebody one of the new faces on the show is named skyler he's a latter-day saint or he, i think he used to be a latter-day saint mormon and i say that like like no one knew what i was talking about I, i'm sorry do you call them mormons i'm cool <laughs> um and we just had a brief conversation it's the same thing taylor tomlinson and i talked about which is like people with religious backgrounds often have a hard time believing that they're just accepted. Mm -hmm. And we're back to what we talked about in the yeah. first half. But yeah. like, it's sort of fucked up that, that there's a benefit to that. Like your mom is up there cleaning the closet right now. <laughs> and it might be because someone told her you go to hell yeah. if you say uh, bullshit or whatever. Yeah. You know? So yeah. there's a lot of like clean floors and made meals and <laughs> apologies given and gifts made from mm -hmm. people who uh, were sort of, I don't want to say damaged. I just want to say like raised in that way. Isn't that weird? That is really weird. And you know what's interesting is I recently connected, or well, with the help of my brilliant therapist, the um, there's so many little ties to being raised in the church that I never, I, I still am connecting. I'm like, wow, that's part of it. And it's not even necessarily the theology itself. It's also the, what it does to your brain to be raised in a community where you all have to sort of think the same way. Yeah. And there's just these like real deep, you know, um, deeply held beliefs of good and bad and how you should be and how you shouldn't be. And of course, that's going to affect you if you're if you're, you know, a child and looking at what the nature of reality is and what the, the rules to this game mm. are. Mm -hmm. And it's being explicitly told to you and everyone around you subscribes to that belief and so but one of the the recent connections i made that i never thought of is it's tied to and i've shared this part on the podcast but it's tied to my belief of like everybody has a hundred percent of the people have to be a hundred percent happy with me a hundred percent of the time yes and and my therapist was like do you think that has any connection to being raised in the church and i was like Oh, right. It wasn't yes. enough to please some of the people in the congregation. All The whole group had to approve of your behavior. Mm -hmm. You had to be, you know, you had to be good. And especially like I was a pastor's kid. So things were, people were really watching me in a different way. And I got a lot of validation out of, 
you know, a lot uh, that's the, I don't know, probably people who weren't raised in the church don't know that pastors kids have a reputation of being like the worst kids. Yeah. And I went the other way where I got a lot of validation out of being like, it's really easy for me to figure out what these people want from me. And then I'll just be that. And they will like effusively praise me for how good I am. Mm -hmm. And, and so if I don't, I, I just really developed this sense that I needed the whole, (laughs) not even just one or two individuals. I needed the whole to approve of me because that's entirely where I get my self-worth. Wow. Um, And it's like, yeah, of course it is. And I said to my therapist, I was like, it's, it's a shame because there's, there are so many good things that I got from being raised in a village, essentially, like being raised in a community. And she was like, yeah, community is great. It's just a question of what is the price of admission? And I was like, wow, isn't that perfect? That's great. That's wonderful. I, I, I have a lot of that too, was wanting to be accepted by the entire tribe and the mm-hmm. feeling of ostrac- ostracization, ostracization. Becoming an ostrich. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you guys had that in your church too. <laughs> but if, if you were doing it wrong or believing wrong, yeah, I remember it even coming down to like free will or uh, determinism or what, like you had to... Yeah believe the same as everybody. Can I tell you another connection I made that that is not exactly related, but it, it, it shows like how you're raised affects, you know, your future in unexpected ways. Mm-hmm. This was a revelation that you and I had recently, which was I was on the phone with my mom and I love my mom and I was chatting with her, but she was complaining about my dad. And then I noticed later that day I was just suspicious of you. This is like oh, that thing right. we say, wait, when if you watch that on TV, you would go, well, Pete's mom, who modeled him and taught him what love was and did yeah. a pretty good job, actually. But now she also talks badly or, you know, complains about my dad a lot. Yeah. And then when I am always like in a vulnerable place and I start talking to you like, I say the same things. I'm like, are you building a case against me? Mm-hmm. Or are, am I slowly getting on your nerves? Like, mm. this is when I'm like really just at a low place. And I, I kind of say it as a joke, but yeah. it's not even, it's not entirely a joke. Mm-hmm. And I was like, it was such a snap moment in the same way that you're like, oh my God, my churching led to my needing to please everybody. I'm like, that model made me think that all partners, all wives mm-hmm. are when they're not with their husbands being like, what a pain in the neck or whatever. So I'm like, that's clearly right. that's what Valerie's doing. Yeah. And isn't it crazy how vulnerable we are of and just how much course. everything gets soaked into our, into our nougat. Can I say <laughs> into our nougat? <laughs> into our nougaty center. Yeah. Into yeah. our nougaty centers. Absolutely. Yeah. No, that was helpful because I think we've always blamed your divorce on that. That's yes. those moments of insecurity, which couldn't have helped it probably did confirm something that you were already believing because your wife left sort of out of nowhere when you didn't really know that it it had come to that so there were secret feelings and plans happening um 
but that was already that was only confirming something that you already believed and and you know when you are in those vulnerable oh, wow. states there is specifically you'll say things like you know i bet you tell you're, you're telling your friends you know he's whatever yeah and yeah, so yeah, there yeah. is that's like directly your mom that's what your mom like i'll fart and i'll say i bet you're telling your friends that i'm always <laughs> farting or something like yeah. it's it's just like Clearly, it's just so funny how the people that build the foundations, just how mm. how how those stick around. I'm 43 years old for crying out loud. Yeah. I was also talking to Lara about how all the issues I saw Brody in the background. And it's mm. so funny how cute he's like the one of the cutest things yeah. on the planet. Yeah. Obviously, Brody and I have a lot of great moments and a lot of love and snuggles and, and goodness. And in fact, because he can bother me, mm-hmm. I often buy him treats and stuff and, and try right. to go out of my way in the other way. But I was like, oh, my God, Brody is in a lot of ways sort of the things that irk me about my parents or maybe more accurately, I project onto Brody the things that bother me about my parents, meaning... When I was a kid, my father was the one that would be yelling. They would both be yelling, but my father had more of that barky yell. Mm -hmm. So when Brody barks, I'm really being transported to my child self and hearing my parents fighting, which is is something I'm working on. I'm not resigning to that diagnosis, but that Mm -hmm. is what can happen if I'm already stressed and going in kind of thin ice. He can can sound that way to me. But then also, my Laura and I were talking about how... uh, I don't know if she wants to share about her family, but we were talking about family members. And I was saying, my mother is often kind of sitting around. And she called me recently and, and, and like around the house. And she was having a rough time and we were just kind of talking her through it. And I was like, well, you know, when I feel this way, sometimes I like to go outside and just take some deep breaths. <laughs> and she goes, well, it's so hot outside. And I was like, that's... <laughs> When I told Laura that, she goes, if that's not the whole thing, like not just whole thing, not just my mom, but just so. And we really unpacked it. I was like, because if she fixes how she feels, then like the next thing on the list are things you don't even want to confront. So you'd rather Mm -hmm. it's like the devil, you'd know, you'd rather just deal with this feeling and kind of unload it on on me without any real intent to fix it per se, yeah. because if you fix it, now you're just onto the next thing on the list, which might be like a rather daunting life change. Totally. So you're just like, it's a little too hot right now. I can't go outside. Just keep these. Yeah. I think it is probably that. And it's also where at this point, the neuropathways in her 80 year old brain is just totally geared towards suffering and our brains want what's familiar over what's yes. ha- comfortable and happy. So that's so funny. It just that, wa- it it's like this is not. I don't want to fix my problem because that's like venturing into a whole like a foreign land. This is what I know. This is the cage that I know. Mm. And there's another dimension of she has your attention and she has you. Her, she has developed, you know, because she needed to, it's the, it's her specific wounds, but she has developed a relationship with you where the, the love language that is communicated between the two of you is her presenting a problem and you feeling responsible for it and trying to help her fix it. That's yeah. how she gives 
and receives love from you. So, mm. it, I mean, it's like one of the love languages of the five love languages is receiving gifts, <laughs> which is so Wait, really? There's one that's giving gifts and there's one that's receiving gifts? Yeah, or maybe just wow. receiving in general. And wow. I don't know if that's what it, that means, but it does seem like it's, she's set this up where this is your love agreement is that I, and I have friends, I've had friends like this throughout my life. I tend to develop similar codependent relationships on the other side where I look for people who are always in chaos, who constantly need me. And um, she just is, she's, that's how she understands and interprets love is she's, she needs you and you give to her. That's But why then I, this, this goes back to Brody though, because there have been times when we have guests and they're eating meat and I'll get a big piece of chicken or something and I'll put it on the ground for Brody and he can't find it. Yeah. And it upsets me way more than the sum of its parts. I'm just like, it's right here. I'm giving it to you. And that's, but it's so hot outside. You know, there's a similar feeling. There's the guilt that when I leave the house, you know, since we had Leela, don't get me wrong, guys, Brody's outside most of the time. He's in the front, he's in the back. Uh, He goes on walks, but not as many as he used to. Mm -hmm. So he kind of kicks it at home. He's on the couch. And I leave and it, it triggers that same sort of like, mm. why don't you take me out with you? <laughs> like I hear, I hear my mom's voice and then I'll give him a piece of chicken and I'm like, you can't find it. I still have to take your face and bring it to the chicken. And there's yeah. something just like either I got a dog that had those attributes or I was going to project whatever I was working on in my deep subconscious, my issues onto yeah. whatever I could have a parrot and I'd be like this yeah. parrot won't shut up just like my mom or whatever yeah. whatever it might or be or you have a, a cat and you're like this cat doesn't listen to me just like my dad yeah exactly <laughs> like I, I think that's probably what it is this is this is the ongoing uh struggle to rewire my brain and just see Brody for what he is and also to just see reality for mm-hmm. what it is we had a funny yeah. thing Laura and I again I'm in an adjoining room she was in an adjoining room too and I came in the room at one in the morning after my shows and, and I wanted to make sure the door was locked. Mm-hmm. But in doing so, like I kind of unlocked it and then I opened it and then I was like, oh no. And then I closed it. You know, you're just opening it to another door. You're not right. going into the other room. But then I closed it and then I locked it and then I tried the door, but it's one of those doors that if you p- turn the handle, it oh, unlocks it. Right. So then I've opened it again and then I closed it again and then I locked it again. This is one in the morning. And I met my neighbor, it's another comedian named Paul, Mm -hmm. in the hallway. And he was like, dude, I thought someone was breaking into my room last night. And I was like, I I knew you were right to think that because that's exactly what it sounded like. And I was like, I'm so sorry. And Laura had the same thing. When she checked in, she moved rooms. I'm now certain because the exact same thing was happening, that someone was doing what I was doing, but she was terrified and thought someone was breaking into a room, <gasps> called security, called oh to move God. rooms, and did. And I was like, th- my whole point, though, is isn't it funny the conclusions will jump to... Uh, it's like that, yeah. it's that type of... I didn't read all of the yoga sutras, but one of them was that one of the types of ignorance, just meaning like not knowing... Yeah. is when you see a coiled up rope in the jungle, you think it's a snake. Yeah. And when you hear someone fiddling with the lock, you think someone's breaking in. 
and I'm doing this constantly. I did it earlier today. I, I overheard someone saying something about me, and I just assumed the worst. Mm. This is this is a huge part of being a human. But even just saying these stories to you and being like, it wasn't just my neighbor. It wasn't just Laura. Like human beings are that way. You hear a door, you don't go like, well, maybe someone's trying to figure out the lock, yeah. or maybe someone left a coiled rope in the jungles of India. Like this is just how we are, and that's how we've made it this far. I mean, that's a yes. survival. That's right. Mechanism that's that right. has served us well for longer than it hasn't. And that's right. The Homo sapiens that weren't afraid of the rope in the jungle or the door opening, don't they're exist. dead. They're gone. They don't exist anymore because the one time it was someone coming in, they were wiped out. You know. And so yes, or yes. or bitten by a snake. Yeah. But so I love what I love what you just said. That that that's such a good way to have compassion right. for for that conclusion jump. Yeah, and. Brody has always been, going back to him, he's always been my example of of the thinking mind and how it can be kind of misguided often in its attempt to keep me alive, which is that, you know, Brody barks at everybody walking by. Brody barks at friends that we open the door for and hug and clear, yeah. you know, seems clear oh, to us. We've allowed it. bark at them. <laughs> We if want they this. leave for five minutes and come back. Yes. yes. Or if they go upstairs and come downstairs. It's, it seems so <laughs> <laughs> seems so. That is obvious. something my mother would do. And who is this person? Yeah. Mom, they were just here. <laughs> oh, okay. And yes. I don't know them. Yeah. And so it is. And it's what's funny about it is Brody thinks that he is being a good boy, that he is protecting us. And really, mm. he's scaring us. There's actual no, actually no danger. But then he startles our, you know, he startles us and ignites our sympathetic nervous system and mm. scare. So he's the one that's scaring us. So it is like mm. sort of a, a similar thing to, you know, locking a door that almost certainly is already locked is causing fear in a situation that you know, it, the seeking of security and protection is actually causing more fear and worry, if that makes wow. sense. Wow. Oh, yeah. If I turn my camera around, you'd see I have a door propped up against that door and a lamp on it. So if like the door, now that I know my neighbor, I'm not worried about it anymore. But like when I didn't know, I was like making a system so that something would tip over if the door <laughs> opened. It was... Really, Val, when I'm not with you, I, I recognize the part of me that is like overthinking to the point almost mm -hmm. of insanity. Mm -hmm. Like this morning when I didn't know if we would have time to do this podcast because I'm so back to back to back today, I just started writing a text to Katie and Joe, our video guy, and I was like, hey, okay, maybe we'll release Joe tomorrow instead, uh, you know, all this sort of stuff. And this is a new thing for me. I finally was like, wait, I think you're being, I think you're overreacting. Yeah. I think it might just be a rope in the right. jungle. Or at least just wait until it, you know, sizzles, snake sizzles. I don't mm -hmm. call it a hiss, I call it a sizzle. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. For some reason mm -hmm. that made me think of, it's not totally irrelevant, but it's similar. I just saw something that Emily Gordon posted actually she reposted someone. Um, so I should find who that person is. But it was like things that you should say in healthy relationships. 
And one mm. of them was um, I, I pass judgment before having all the information. And it's oh, that's real good. Isn't that brilliant? That's and like so that's helpful. like our. I'm embarrassed. Like yeah. really, what we're saying is like, oh, I'm I passed judgment before I had all the information. Yes. Wow. That's so good. So I'm gonna. That's one of those ones that if my parents said it to me, I'd just start weeping. <laughs> yeah. Oh, absolutely. I I really feel bad. I think I'm gonna mispronounce this lovely person's name, and she she probably gets her name mispronounced a lot. But it's um, N-E-D-R-A, so Nidra, Glover, mm. T-A-W-W-A-B, uh, Tawab, maybe? But, mm. okay, so it says, um, let me see. I want to just read all of them because they're so good. There's only a few of yeah, them. Yeah, this is great. This is like our poem. Yeah. So it says, relationships would be healthier if we used these phrases more often. I pass judgment without having enough information. I'm sorry. You were trying to be helpful and I wasn't ready to accept your help. Okay, Laura so- today Laura today said when you want to unload on somebody. I told her it was a bit and she wrote it down so we'll see. But she was like when you call someone to unload like you have something that you need to emotionally dump and basically be co-regulated by another person. She mm-hmm. was like give them the headline and say, do you have time to hear this? Uh, Are you available for me for this? Let them decide if they want to read the article. Don't just be like, and this and this and this. I understand there are times that are emergencies. You have to just, you have to do it. But yeah. for the most part, it's really nice to say like, hey, do you have a minute? I'm feeling really stressed about work. I'd, uh, I'd really just like to vent. And I was like, Laura, you have to do that as a bit because I think it would change people's lives. Yes. Because oh we were talking God. about when I when I was in Just for Laughs, when I did New Faces in 2009, I had a really difficult phone call with someone who needed to emotionally dump. Mm-hmm. And all I wanted to say was, I can't think about this right now. Yep. I'm about to do a set that could change my life in an hour. Uh, like, And that wasn't on the menu. So isn't that brilliant? It's Sorry, brilliant. Just, it, this is honestly, yeah. these things are making me really miss Laura. She is so good at this stuff. Yeah. And it really is... I'm finding, you know, like I said, I have this pattern of creating friendships where I'm really needed a lot. Mm -hmm. And and some of these friends do just want to, like, constantly be co-regulating by unloading. And I know it would mean so much to me if if they asked. And sometimes they do. And it does mean a lot. But, like, can... Do you feel like you have the space to hear this right now? And I feel like Lisa Gunger is yeah. a really good friend for that. She, to do that. She's very aware of that. Um, yes. Like, is this too much? Are you in a place where you can handle this? It's just so, I mean, it makes all the difference. It, if you think about it's, it, and this could be maybe part of her bit, it's like you wouldn't just hand your like bag to someone and expect them to catch it. You ask, can you hold this bag for a second? That's good. That's really good. I'm going to tell her that. That's awesome. We're really asking each other to hold something. That's kind of, especially if you're. A Are your arms person. full? Yeah. yeah. Are I'm your arms full, full or you... can you hold this bag? Yeah, yes. Exactly. Oh God, this is this is great. There's been a lot of great advice this chat because we needed it because we're yeah. apart and I'm falling apart. <laughs> Let's I be honest. Know. You I you know. you find people that are in chaos. I'm like Val. I think that might be me. I'm having issues. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, our relationship might have a little of that dynamic, but it definitely isn't. It is so much more. I get mm. so much out of it, obviously, and you take care of me just as much. Um, okay, do you want me to finish reading these relationships? Yes, please. Relationships would be healthier, healthier if we use these phrases more often. Um, thank you. I love you. I was in a bad mood and took my frustration out on you. Mm. I don't know the answer. I was wrong. I need your help. I mean, These it's are, that's, so, I mean, so simple, it. but fantastic. I, I also, those are the things I want to say to Leela. I can't yeah. wait to say those things to Leela. I'm not yeah. saying I don't also have fantasies of being like a solid, consistent presence for her, mm -hmm. but also just being like, you know, sometimes you don't know the answer. That's like a, yeah. that's a heart melter right there. Um, also, speaking of Lisa Gunger, she taught me one that's really helpful, which is, um, Asking the person, you know, when you kind of feel like you need to confront a friend or a partner on something, you ask them, are you in a space to hear something right now? Mm. So you, you ask, do that for me. You oh, go, yeah. is it okay to plan right now? Yeah. Which, by the way, for those of you keeping up with the ADD watch, I'm getting my brain scanned by the Amen Clinic. So I'll have some a lot more info. And yeah. sorry to sidebar here, speaking of ADD, but I was like, that's why I'm so bad at planning, which is what made me think of it. Mm. But I was like, it was, I felt really nervous setting up the appointment. It was a little act oh. of courage. So if anybody out there is kind of dealing with some sort of like, I'd like to be analyzed and I'm like all for self-knowledge and stuff, but I was like, you're thinking like, is the, is the phone call part of the test? Like, oh, hello, I wow. think I have ADT. And you're like, like do they start recording it? Yeah, it is. It's like, will you look at my, the mainframe for how I function and tell me if it's broken? And <laughs> it, it, I did not expect to feel vulnerable. But yeah, wow. anyway, That's uh, right. you, you were saying, you, I was saying that you often say to me, like, are you in a oh, space yeah. where you can plan right so now? So you start with, are you, are you in a space to, for me to share something? And then you take it from the angle of you might not be doing this at all, but this is how I'm receiving this, you know? So like, and which I feel like you and I do, or you've taught me basically that kind of communication, but mm. admitting right out of the gate, like this is my perception of these actions that you do instead of being like, you belittle me in front of other people or something. I made it something that we wouldn't, neither of us, mm -hmm. we don't deal with, mm -hmm. but I think probably a lot of people do. So instead of like accusing, like you, you belittle me in front of my friends, you just say, you might not be doing this at all, but, but I feel belittled. When yeah. You, yeah. When you call me a shithead, <laughs> I feel, I feel like you're belittling me a little bit. Oh, when you turn into an ostrich. Yeah, um, yeah <laughs> I, I that's great. That. That's um, really good. I also had something in lieu of a poem. Do you want to hear a very quick bit that I wrote today? Yes. And then I also had a Mirabai star quote in lieu of a poem. Should we end with that one or okay. with your bit? Let's end with okay. that. Yeah, let's end on a sweet note. I just okay. wanted to say this to you. Um, the scientists who say the world is going to end in like eight years are they still flossing? 
<laughs> like, are they going to the dentist? Do they get the 50-year colonoscopy? Or are they sort of oh, like... Because so I don't good. want... Like, unless your kitchen is only filled with entomans, I think you might be lying. I'm, I'm, yeah. Of course, I'm joking, by the way. This is 100% a joke. Yeah. Um, I know they're saying if we don't change, there's that little... Like, there might be little time left. But I'm like... I don't want like a brushed teeth. He's got like a stock portfolio. Like yeah. he's buying his house because renting is throwing your money away. He's I don't paying want that into scientist. retirement. Yes, exactly. Exactly. I want a, a scientist with like glasses that are like one lens in. He hasn't, he's only shaved half his face. He's got like three teeth left and he's like, we're out of here, man. He's doing yeah. a key bump of heroin. That's the guy that I'm like, I'm pretty sure he means it. <laughs> oh, my God. That's so funny. That's it's good, so right? Terrific. I'm just really obsessed with the first line. It's really hard. And when I shouldn't even say writing it. It's it's just so hard for those things to come to you. Yeah. I've had that premise for a while. It started as did the scientists who say the world is going to end, are they having kids? Right. Which is just, it's almost like too heavy. Yeah. But you just go, are they still flossing? Yes. Like, like, <laughs> like it became a joke and it made me really happy. It's so good. I love it. That's really great. Are you yeah, hearing buddy. something, Holmesy? Yep. Yeah, old Holmes, he's very sound sensitive. He's he's in his room a lot with the white noise and the headphones and earbud earplugs in. But uh that's 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 just me being strange. Um it's just a concert outside though. Everything's cool. Oh. It turns out it's not my dad from nineteen eighty seven. That is what I'm checked. checking. Is that da- nineteen eighty seven dad? Is dad no. holding no, it's mad? A concert. Is he mad? No, it's it's just a concert in two thousand twenty two. Okay. At a festival? Okay. Yeah, I got the I got the year wrong by like forty years, um, and it, it's not that that doesn't exist. It's not a possibility. Boy, if I could only convince myself that it's never going to be that. Okay, let's hear the mirror by star quote, Mama. I, I loved this chat. This this I I feel like I remembered myself. It was un, unbelievable to talk with you. Same, I feel the same. Um, yeah, this is. I mean, it, it. You'll see why I want to read it. It's just kind of everything. It's like, mm. it's like the, I don't know, the mantra of my life, and of life. I think. Okay, so mm-hmm. it's it's from Wild Mercy. It's Mirror by Star. Spiritual awakening does not leave us immune to the human condition. Quite the opposite. It brings us into the heart of reality where we mourn and rage, bow and give thanks, ache and surrender. Wow. I know, right? That's, that's very apropos to what we've we talked about this whole time. Yeah. And what we talk about most times because that's what this is. This is our, I'm so glad everyone's listening. This is our little check-in and our little real refuel yeah. to remember just exactly that. And I, I absolutely needed it. Yeah, so thank me you too. for that. Yeah. And thanks mm. everyone for listening. I hope that um the sound was okay. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Anything else, Val? I don't think so. I think that's Maybe everything. just <laughs> What'd you I'm say? Queuing you up. Maybe just keep it crispy. <laughs> oh my gosh, that was great. <laughs>